that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, every last, all of us, all of us, that's all of us, have been baptized, initiated, plunged, immersed into his death. No exceptions. It's kind of like a do not pass go, do not collect $200. You cannot be a follower of Jesus without participation. Here it comes a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening, everyone. My name is John, and you're listening to A Word with God. And I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6 while we continue to go through a series uh, called The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. Which is found in the book of Romans. Which is found in the book of Romans, exactly. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is a funny, uh, an interesting little episode. Just so okay. everybody gets the timeline. Yeah. This was done at Christmas time. Yes, it was. Okay. Christmas time birth of Jesus Christ that we're yes. celebrating yes. and then Stan says grab your swimsuit get your floaties grab your SPF 32 we're going into the deep end okay, okay so, so I tell everybody who's listening prepare yourself mentally while you're listening to this okay okay this isn't hey I should grab a thing of fries and kind of listen to the message mm, yeah. you got to really yeah. pay attention to this message this, this is, is Paul a deep one. this is Romans oh, but this is even more so this even one I find to be so. it's pretty deep Um, So what we're going to do is how about we get into the message and then at the end we'll have a couple minutes to go through some questions. Awesome. Position is not as important. Location is not as important as heart. And where you are in your heart with God. And so we are seeking him out as a church for some important things. We're seeking him out that he would enter into the fabric and fiber of who we are. We are seeking him out that he would build relationships between the body that would not have friction in them, that the enemy would not have power here. The enemy loves friction. He loves heat, though maybe not the kind of heat he's going to get one day. But he likes to create heat in the body and friction in the body. And so part of our prayer and fasting is, is Father, build connection in us, build forgiveness and tolerance and patience, and, and would we be overflowing with forgiveness and, and being able to roll things off in the body? Would we be able to let go of our stuff? I mean, that hits me just as much as anybody else. And grab on to other things. Let me tell you, it's been a hard like Christmas for pastors is tough because it's 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 a it's usually a transition point in the year, and there's all kinds of needs around us, and we see all the things that you just wish you would never see. We see it in families and in marriages and in, with children and and in people's lives and. And uh, I love how Steve Brown put it. If you, if you don't listen to Steve Brown, you may not agree with all his theology, but 
Um, he sure loves Jesus, and he's got a good heart in this uh, 8.30 uh, every morning on Faith FM. He says it's easy as a pastor to get the kind of bah humbug thing, and I, I have to fight that every year because I just know what's coming. I know what's coming in folks' lives. I know what's coming in turmoil. You can bet every January there's going to be some major upset in the body. It just, it's just going to happen. People's nerves are raw. They're on edge. They're on end. And Christmas didn't do what they hoped it would do. Christmas never does. Human Christmas, the humanity of Christmas, what we celebrate, is, it never does what we really hoped it would do. So there's always a bit of a letdown. And so uh, we need to be fasting and praying for this body, fasting and praying for each other, that God would be touching our hearts and that we would be in a place that would be pleasing to him and that our eyes would be opened even more. We come to you knowing that without the words of life, without Jesus, in Peter's words, well, where would we go? Father, help us to absorb that. Wherever we go in this world and whatever part of the body we're in, there is friction and there's strife. But that's not what you desire. That's not what you died for. You died for a body that would be united. And we are. Our hearts are coming together more and more. Our need for you and our need for each other drives us. And so today, Father, as we enter your word and as we look to the one who brings grace into our life, would you speak to our hearts and would you open our minds to your things and what you would have? Would we be open and submissive to you? And Father, the words that are being preached are hard words. We've, we've had hard sledding for a number of months because you've had your finger in our hearts and in our lives and you call for change, you call for openness, you call for us to enter in, and that our hearts would be open and that we would be changed creatures. And, and Father, our tendency is to want to be sedentary, to sit, to, to not move forward, to rest, to relax, to pull back. And we live in a world that when it comes to you, is indifferent at best. And so speak to us today, Father. Rouse us from where we sit and use your word to draw us into relationship with you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll be looking through Romans and we are kind of in week 13. And so we have these declarations, and the first declaration is that God loves you and cares for you. The second declaration is that mankind has turned away from God. The third declaration uh, showed us that man must give account. There's going to be one day when all creatures, great and small, men, women, children, everyone who has lived on this earth will stand before a holy and a just God. Declaration number four is that God's desire is that we be a one man, one woman with one heart for him. That that would run through our entire lives. Declaration number five was that faith brings faith in God brings grace into my life. 
the grace to live that life, the grace to be a part of those things, does not come from any other quarter than Jesus Christ. Declaration number six was that Jesus has made an exchange in our life. And in fact, even that exchange piece keeps flowing in all that we're teaching now. This week is the beginning of another declaration that grace is how uh, how, uh, I live for God. And, And that's in that great exchange. The great exchange. Romans 6. I hope you're there. And we're starting in verse 1 this morning. And we're going to be looking at the question that's on everyone's mind. But before I do that, this idea of exchange, which runs all through this, is kind of really cool, is that God has this exchange that that has taken place. Now, an exchange is when I give one thing for another. So I'm going to do an exchange. Is there anyone here who has something that they would like to exchange for either Casting Crowns or Paul Balash or Toby Mac, my favorite, uh, or Tim Hughes. Has anybody got an exchange? You get something you'll exchange? Okay, I'll find something here. You can exchange it this morning. Okay, I don't want a dirty diaper. Okay, rattle. A rattle is great. Like, you really want to get, get, get you know? You have Christmas cookies down. Well, I don't see them. So it's got to be something that you have in your purse. Something, something. I mean, a stick of gum, uh, anything that you have. You have a mint. Okay, I'll take a mint. In this exchange, hold on, she's dropping the baby. Okay, get rid of the baby, I want the CD. Okay, okay, thank you, a mint. A couple, A couple, yes, thank you. Okay, okay, there you go. Awesome, that was a great exchange, I love that. Hey, what's, what? What, what, I got the mints. What, what? You want, well, I wasn't really thinking of giving it up I wanted to make the exchange with you, and I got what I wanted in the exchange, but you really, oh my word. You really want me to give up this thing? I mean, like, but isn't, has anybody else got something to exchange? You want to exchange, like, what would you like to exchange it for? Paul, Tim, casting crowns. Casting crowns. She took it before she gave it to me. Now, I'm not sure that you want to exchange. Are you holding up? Like, are you going to give that up? The amazing thing is in the great exchange is that many times we want to exchange life with Jesus, which is what the great exchange is all about, but we don't want to exchange anything. We want what God has for us and he gives to us, but we don't want to exchange back. I mean, there's just, it's just kind of natural but that's not what God designed, and that's what, what God desires in this exchange that he's made with you. That actually there will be some things that you give up. There are some ways that you will... I, I love this here. I'm not sure whether Hillary thought I needed these minutes or not. All right. They're really good. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. The great exchange. We're going to be talking more about the great exchange this morning. The question on everyone's mind comes up in verses 1 and 2. What shall we say then? I mean, since grace will overcome our lives. That's where we left off last week. Grace will overcome every obstacle in your life. And it can be a physical obstacle. It can be an emotional obstacle. It can be a relational obstacle. Whatever the obstacle is in your life, grace is there and grace is sufficient for it. Grace is sufficient to overcome. Grace is sufficient to heal. Grace is sufficient 
to put us back on the path that God has desired, and that grace comes in Jesus Christ. It comes through the great exchange. You can't hold on to your old junk and exchange with what God has. God wants the exchange to take place. The old junk, which may be old ways of thinking and old ways of being and old ways of doing, old ways of reacting, old ways of engaging, the old self, God is expecting there to be an exchange where that is given up and you put on this new life in Jesus Christ. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin? Are we to remain? Are we to tarry in it? The old word abide is uh, really a good translation of continuing. So that, with purpose here, that grace may increase in my life. Well, if God pours out grace to deal with sin and to deal with the baggage and to deal with the junk, doesn't it better then that I sin because more grace will come out of this? Grace will be working even more in my, well, that, if you didn't exchange anything, that's what you would expect. But because there's an exchange, there's an expectation that something new is going to be there. A different way of responding, a different way of thinking, a different way of reacting, a different kind of life. And that's what God wants you to have. That's what Jesus died for, is that this exchange would take place and there would be a difference. Happy Pentecost. Is that how you say it or is it Merry Pentecost? I'll positive open. Pentecost? Yes, yes, positive. Happy. I don't know. I don't know much about I don't about know Pentecost. either. What, what, I, yeah, no, I don't know. It's 50. Penta is 50, oh. so it's 50, 50 days after Passover. But you're, you're not like, mo- you know, you're like most Christians. Like They really don't know what Pentecost is all about either. Not much. But we're going to cure that. Okay. Because we, on the 26th of May, we are going to have an amazing evening where we're going to have a traditional Jewish Pentecost supper. We are going to have a, uh, a a guest speaker who's going to fill us all. In fact, he's not going to speak. He's going to do it through drama. Mm-hmm. What would have been like in the upper room at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit showed up and this whole show got on the road? So it's on May 26, 6 p.m., and that's at 112 Spadina Road West. Evangel Community Church. Now, how much does this cost? $40, $50 to come to no, this? No, $4 for an adult, children under 12 free. Oh, great. So 112 Spadina Road West, that's where we're having it, May 26, 6 p.m. Absolutely. See you there. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin? Are we to remain? Are we to tarry in it? The old word abide is uh, really a good translation of continuing. So that, with purpose here, that grace may increase in my life. Well, if God pours out grace to deal with sin and to deal with the baggage and to deal with the junk, doesn't it better then that I sin because more grace will come out of this? Grace will be working even more in my, well, that, if you didn't exchange anything, that's what you would expect. But because there's an exchange, there's an expectation that something new is going to be there. A different way of responding, a different way of thinking, a different way of reacting, a different kind of life, and that's what God wants you to have. That's what Jesus died for, is that this exchange would take place and there would be a difference. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? And, and here's the question answered. May it never be no way, absolutely not, And then the next question flows right out of that. How 
Or in what way shall we who died to sin still live in it? What, like what kind of power do dead things have over living people? I mean, what kind of power does pornography have over a dead man? What kind of a power does chocolate have over a dead woman? There are women in my household who like would do anything for chocolate as excited as my wife is like, like she loves chocolate. She would kill her for chocolate, I think. She would exchange me for chocolate on many days. But when you're dead, chocolate has no pull and no power over your life. And so he said, how shall we who were dead to sin, who are dead to chocolate, who are dead to pornography, who are dead to a violent temper, who are dead to argumentativism, are dead to, and you put in whatever it is that is alive and well in your life, put that in there, and you have that peace. How shall we who are dead to sin still live in it? Following Jesus without change is not thinkable in the New Testament. You can go from book to book, passage to passage, from the writings of Jesus right on through to the ends of the apostles, and there's an expectation that there's going to be a different kind of life at play, that the exchange actually takes place and is a real exchange. To continue being powered by sin... Becoming a follower of Je- and becoming a follower of Jesus is impossible. I mean, if you're still under the kingship of sin, and that's last week where we were, what's king in your life? Is grace the king, the ruler, the power source of all that is and going on in you? If grace is ruling, if sin is ruling, something is wrong in your relationship with God. Not that you don't sin, not that you don't fall, not that things don't happen. Oops, this happened. Ever have an oops happen? Ever had an oops happen with a vehicle? Maybe hit something that you shouldn't have? I've had many oopses in life. That doesn't mean I drive down the road looking to run things over. Do you get the difference between that? What powers me now? I knew a person who once, as a ch- person was, what wasn't a child, was a teenager in front of a high school, was just kind of loitering, kick. It's like they kind of hit the gas and aimed, not powered by something good, powered by a different source. And that's what God desires that you would have. So the question comes up, what does, does my life have to change? That's the question, okay? Does my life have to change, Really? Do I have to exchange something, really? Number two, he begins to talk about the new you in verses three to four. First thing we see here is that you are as dead as Jesus was, verse three, or do you not know? In the original, it's kind of like, are you stupid or just ignorant? It's a very pejorative, very like, are, are you not getting this? Paul's writing this, and he can't believe that he's still dealing with this. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus, well, first of all, what's he talking about? Is he talking about, like, water baptism? Paul has two things that go here, and whoever said no said right, because baptism does mean to dip, to immerse. It was an initiation saying, I believe in in Jesus, and I'm going to follow him. He's going to be my master. Paul takes that same word... The only reason we have baptism is like, remember King Jim and he had a translation 
he had a problem because baptism means to plunge, immerse, dip, means to, a, a ship that's gone under. And what did they do for baptism? They sprinkled. The translators had a hard time with that. So they, instead of translating the word baptism into plunge, into immerse, they just transliterated it into baptism. It just avoided a problem. And um, we all do that, you know, avoid things. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, every last, all of us, all of us, that's all of us, have been baptized, initiated, plunged, immersed into his death. No exceptions. It's kind of like a do not pass go, do not collect $200. You cannot be a follower of Jesus without participation. You put your faith and your trust in Jesus. You choose to follow him. You are now immersed. You are now plunged. You now are part of this death thing that Jesus died. If you have not been baptized into his death, you're not his. If you're his follower, you have been baptized into his death. So you're as dead as Jesus was. Secondly, you're as buried as Jesus was. Verse 4, therefore, because you've been baptized with him in his death, we have been buried with him. You lay down with him in the tomb. It's really this graphic this portrayal here, as much as Jesus laid in that tomb, so you laid in that tomb. You've been buried with him through baptism, through this initiation, through this immersion, into his death. When he died, you died. When he lay in the tomb, you lay in the tomb. So you're as dead as Jesus was, you're as as buried as Jesus was, you have been as raised as Jesus was, so that, here's purpose, as Christ was raised from the dead, in the same way that Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, through the means of God showing up. That's what we know glory is, is glory is what happens when God shows up, as wet as to water, as heat is to fire. As light is to bulbs, so is God's presence is to glory wherever God was. And God was there in the tomb with Jesus. And when God's glory showed up, he was raised from the dead bodily, not just spiritually, but bodily. Just as he was in the tomb where Lazarus was and Jesus spoke the words, come out, Lazarus. The glory of God appeared in that tomb and Lazarus was raised from the dead. So we too, in the same way, All of us followers, everyone who has followed him in the same way might walk in newness. means to be fresh. It's it's like not dry. It's like I hate bread that's dry and stale. And and because there's two of us now, we never get through the whole loaf. And you always got to check the butt of the loaf to see if green spots have started on it. Because we're like, and I don't like bread in the fridge. Lori puts bread in the fridge. I don't like that. I like bread that tastes like bread. Doesn't taste like bread. Some of you are kind of poking each other. Okay. But you know what I'm going to do this afternoon? I'm going to put me a big old batch of buns in my KitchenAid mixer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put like six cups of flour and a third of a cup of shortening and a, just a dab of salt. And I'm going to put about a third of a cup of sugar and two watches of yeast. And that's going to puff up and it's going to go down and it's going to puff up and it's going to go in the other. And then you're going to smell something fresh in my kitchen. And I've got fresh honey, buckwheat honey. 
And, I, and you know what bread you do with, with, with homemade bread like that? You slather it in butter. You're just not cheap with it. You put butter on it. You're going to do it once. You're going to have one piece, and you're going to praise God while you're having it. You slather it in butter and a little bit of buckwheat honey on top while it's still hot. Fresh. You get the idea that I'm talking about fresh here? This is freshness. That we might walk to, that we too might walk in newness, in freshness, not stale, not dry, not plain, not boring, but a life that's fresh, fragrant, soft, attractive, to be longed for as much as you, as that picture I painted you of homemade hot bread, as you kind of like, like, and, and you kind of, you could do that. You're going, I could do that right now. That's how you long for this new life that Jesus has for you. So, number one, the question, does my life have to change? Yeah. Number two, the new you. There needs to be a new you. Number three, the new freedom, verses five to seven. The first thing we look at is we have an exchange, death for life, verse five. For, because, if, and this is one of those first class conditions, it's true, if, and it is, if we have become united with him, you are united with him. It's like, is that word united is the word that we would use for like Siamese twins? Joined at the hip, two people sharing a body together. That's the picture of the new you, of the newness of life, of Jesus coming into your life, a part of your life. It's like you walk around joined at the hip together. Okay, so Stan, I, I want to see. There, there's some things in this message that were a little challenging for me. Okay, okay I said that at the start, but okay. there, there's some challenges here, right? And, and one of the, the nail that you had was let grace reign and rule in your heart yeah. instead of sin. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Now, you know, the question comes up, you know, does my life really have to change mm -hmm. for me to be a Christian? So does my life have to change? Yeah. Change is the indicator that something is growing. I mean, okay. if you put a seed in the ground, nothing happens. It's not growing. It's dead. And so Jesus said, you know, that those who love me obey me mm -hmm. and that... Uh, if, if you don't see any growth or any change, now, we're not quantifying that. We're not saying how much, and that's where you have to be careful about saying, you know, you're not a Christian, you're, you're not changing. Well, you, you don't know when you're viewing another person. But if you yourself say, I'm not really seeing any difference, and I came to Christ 10 years ago, and there's been no change, and I'm the same as I was then, you really have to ask the question, did, did anything happen? Did anything life change it? Because like Jesus promised to bring us life and to bring it more abundantly. And an incumbent in coming to the cross is this exchange life where he takes my sin and I now receive a new nature from him. If there's nothing going on, it would I mean if you had a dog and he was laying on the ground and he didn't twitch or move or do anything for a year, you think you'd be dead, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, I'd, I think you'd smell them dead, yeah. Right, you'd smell them dead. If, if there is not new life coming from you, mm -hmm. and the old life is still exactly where it was, then uh, you are, in a, would say, in a really bad spot. Now, does that mean, say as an example, right? Because, I mean, in this message, it was the idea that um, we are dead to sin. Mm -hmm. 
when I hear that, I think, well, that means that you shouldn't be sinning. You shouldn't have any mm-hmm. sin in your life anymore. But the, mm-hmm. And I'll just speak for myself. I sin sometimes still. Yeah. He really, he really focuses in on the power source. The power source has been cut. I, has been cut. I no longer have to sin. I can choose to sin. I love it how one person put it, is that, uh, that I am no longer a sinner, but I am a saint who sometimes sins. Well, you know, we're going to continue this message next week, so I definitely encourage you to come next week to fi- hear the finale of this one, this particular part of the message. Right. And uh, we enjoy you to come out again next week, listen to this show, and as always, don't forget to end your day without a word with God. But I don't know what will come my way Rise or fall Your love will see me through it all I pursue and challenge Like your word directs me to what's right And spurs me on right through the fight With the promise of new life